Hey there, you're listening to the Faithful Business Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Schramm, and I bring over a decade of experience owning, running, and growing Christian organizations. And in this podcast, I want to help you become a more effective leader for Christ and serve your clients and customers well. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Steve Schramm here with the Faithful Business Podcast. Hope you guys are doing amazing. It is Monday morning as I'm recording this. I'm not sure uh, right off when you're listening. It might be Thursday um, but uh, or Wednesday. I don't know. Anyway, I am recording this on a Monday, and um, I just wanted to pop on here for a few minutes and, and talk to you guys about storytelling. Now, the title of this episode is about my Crocs, okay? And that's, uh, you know, a, a little silly maybe, but I hope that you will take what I have to say in this podcast and, and begin to use it and apply it in your context, in, in your business. So let me kind of set up the premise for this and then and then we'll kind of dive into it. So most business owners are really bad storytellers, okay? If we, if we tell a story... It's about how our grandpa founded the business in 1887, you know, great, great, great grandpa and all this. And, um, you know, it's the family history. It's the history of the business, etc. And um, that's not terribly exciting, especially if you're not a good storyteller. Um, And so what, what you're trying to do when you are selling, right, when you're trying to persuade someone to get on board with what you offer, what you want to do is tell stories that will help people uh, relate to why they need those services, right? So uh, let me just give a tangible example. Um, and then I'm going to use kind of the silly example of, of my Crocs, okay? Uh, so when I first started doing website design and this sort of work, what I would do is I would charge like $500 or something. This is, again, over a decade ago. I would charge like $500, and we would put up uh, a couple pages, and it was basically a static, you know, biography website, and nobody would ever, um, you know, touch it again, usually. And I wasn't offering any sort of maintenance plans or any sort of packages. It was actually me and a buddy of mine, so uh, that were doing it together, doing the website design work together. We didn't offer any kind of maintenance, any type of security, anything like that. And so what would happen is, over time, these websites would fall out of date and they would no longer be updated. And so bad, bad things would happen. In one case, there was a pastor who uh, we had built a website for his church and his church website had been hacked to where Google, uh, when you found uh, the website, was redirecting it um, to a porn (laughs) website. Um, And I'm just like, okay, what is going on here? And we had to go in and go and get it taken off Google's blacklist and we had to do all kinds of crazy stuff um, in order to fix that problem. We had some other scenarios too where the websites had gotten hacked. I think that was the worst one, but there were some other ones too where the websites had gotten hacked and they slowed down terribly in performance and they were like showing code on the front page and it was just awful, awful. And we had to go in and, and waste our time, you know, fixing up those problems. And so when I offer website solutions now, I have structured my entire business to account for that. Uh, yeah, security technology and everything has come a long way, but I um, do hands-on management. I make sure that that kind of stuff does not happen. I, I stay on top of it, right? We do performance audits. We do security audits. We are constantly staying in touch with our clients' websites now, whereas before, 
um, we would just build them and then never touch them again. Okay, no, pause here. So, right, so that, I typically tell a story somewhat like that whenever I am trying to pitch someone one-on-one on my website services, whether it be for just my uh, care phase maintenance plan or whether it be for the website design. Now, I could just say we maintain and secure your website each and every month. I could say that, right? But when I go back into the story, when I go back into why it's important, right, that is more compelling. I talk about the backups. I talk about how we back up. We never used to back up websites, and now we back them up daily, okay? Um, and, and, and so everything everything has a story behind it. Everything. Everything. And I, I really, I want to stress this to you today. Um, everything has a story behind it. I was watching a video recently from a marketer and uh, they were talking about this concept of storytelling. And um, one of the, the the guy brought up somebody in the audience who he knew had a had a story behind his uh, shoes, right? And so he's telling him, he's like, he's like, why do you have those Vans? They were Vans uh, shoes. Why do you have those Vans, right? And then the first answer was kind of like, well, I mean, I liked them and, and I, you know, I bought them. <laughs> I was like, I went to the store and I bought them. It was like really, so he said, no, like, why do you have those shoes? Why those ones? And uh, he kept pressing and pressing, and eventually this whole big, long backstory came out of it, okay? So I, I thought it would be fun maybe to give kind of a, a tangible example of the difference using uh, my shoes. Now, I am a bit of a Crocs junkie, okay? I love, I love Crocs, okay? Now, um, I just recently bought like $324 worth of Crocs at the Crocs store. So if somebody were to ask me, hey, where did you get those shoes or, or why are you wearing those shoes? Right, one version of the story could be, well, uh, I went to the Crocs store the other day and I saw these and picked them out and I liked them. But that's not very interesting, right? It doesn't draw you in. It doesn't really compel you. So what if somebody asked me that same question and I told the story like this? <laughs> well, I can't wait to tell you about my Crocs. So... Thank you for asking, by the way. Um, I actually just spent $324 the other day at the store. So, all right, let me go back a couple years. So, a buddy of mine um, um, had uh, this pair of Crocs flip-flops, and they always, like, they they didn't seem to wear out. Like, no matter how hard or how long he wore them, um, like, he would wear them summer after summer after summer. And I have to admit, when I first... Uh, moved to North Carolina. Like, I never saw anybody wear Crocs in New Jersey, ever, um, where I'm originally from. I literally never saw them. And I moved here, and pretty much the first um, the first day of high school here, I saw people wearing, like, pink polo shirts and, and pink shorts and these weird-looking clog shoes. And I'm like, what in the world? Uh, I have never seen anything like that before. And I thought they were absolutely ridiculous. I really did. And so years went by. Uh, and then, you know, my buddy found those flip-flops. And he was like, dude, they're so comfortable. And so we were uh, on a trip. I used to play for a gospel group. And we were on a trip. Um, and we got off the bus. And we were in a mall. And I got my first pair of Crocs flip-flops. And I was like, whoa. You know, I love these. These are the most comfortable shoes I have ever, ever put on. And now, anytime I go to a Croc store, I am totally just enthralled. It's my favorite thing. Um, I actually, like, 
just recently, this last pair of, or this last kind of haul uh, that I got when I went to the Croc store is the first time I ever got any of the, like, the clog-looking ones. Um, I've had sneaker ones. I've had um, canvas, like, boat shoe kind of um, Crocs. I've had the, the flip-flops. And so this last time, I got a little bit of all of the above. I got some of the sneaker ones. I got some of the clogs, and I got some uh, a, a new pair of flip-flops, finally. But my my... The first pair of Crocs flip-flops I had, the ones I was just telling you about, literally lasted me for probably, oh, I don't know, 10 years, something like that, about 10 years. So um, I love them. They're the best shoes ever. In my opinion, nobody should ever buy any other shoe because they have a style for every kind. They have nice women's shoes for even like dress-up occasions and everything. So like pretty much you can always buy a pair of Crocs and they will always work and they'll be the most comfortable shoes you have ever worn. All right, so that's the difference. Now, you may not have any particular interest in my um, croc story, okay? The point is, there's a story behind everything. And it's so important that you learn how to tell good stories and to craft good stories and to hone that skill. Now, I'm not saying I'm even the greatest at it. Like, maybe you're a really good storyteller and you found that my story just now was was awful. Well, okay, fine. Um, but the point is, like... Learn how to tell better stories. It's, it's a craft I'm working on, and it's a craft you should be working on. Uh, there is a story associated with everything. It, it, it's not, you know, the bare facts of the matter are, are often not appealing to humans. I mean, you need those facts, of course. You need logic, right? Um, but you need emotion. You will find that probably half or more of your buyers for whatever your product or service is are going to be in your camp or going to ultimately use your product because of an emotional thing that they feel, some way that they are attached to it emotionally. And the way that we trigger those emotions is through good storytelling. So that's just a tip for you today on storytelling in your business. I hope it's something that you can use and something that you uh, can hone. Uh, thank you guys for letting me speak into your life and speak into your business for a few minutes this morning. Uh, God bless you. I love you guys. You guys are um, uh, just awesome. I love I love seeing when we get new people listening to the podcast. So share this podcast with your friends and uh, God bless you. We'll talk later. Hey guys, it's Steve. And before you go, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Faithful Business Podcast. Before you leave, I have an offer for you. I want to give you something entirely for free if you'll take it. If you are just now or in the future going to be looking at building a new website, I want to give you something for free that will help you avoid the biggest mistakes that you could make. I've been in the web design and marketing business for over a decade now, and I have identified these constant patterns um, that people go through and that people seem to repeat. Um, and they make these mistakes on their website over and over and over again, and there's no need for them to do that. So if that sounds fair to you, then I want to give you this entirely for free. All you have to do is go to faithfulbusiness.com slash five mistakes. That's faith-f-u-l-l-business.com slash five mistakes. I'm going to give you a free PDF download entitled The Five Mistakes Most People Make When Building a New Website and How to Avoid Them. And we didn't waste anything on this. This is a great resource. This is um, 37 pages, I think, of written material. And uh, it, it's really in-depth. It's a guide that will help take you through what you need to do. At the same time, it's accessible. And I think you'll get a lot out of it. Set aside uh, a half hour or an hour, and you will be able to take your website to the next level and avoid these five mistakes 
takes whenever you start to build your next website project. So if that sounds good to you, just go to faith-fullbusiness.com slash five mistakes and download your copy today.